0: And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Jason Hunt here in the super-secret underground bunker at World Headquarters, something that I have not said in a while. This is... A new iteration of an old idea. I keep recycling them until they come back and work, I guess, is, is, uh, is a good way to uh, to categorize that. Yes, maybe, Mrs. Voss, I think. All right, so by way of introduction, those of you who have been here for a while, you know that I like to uh, opine on, on occasion and for a while I was doing this show called Chilling with Pineapple, which was essentially a recycled live from the bunker as live from the bunker first happened. So let me take on a little bit of a time trip with the Wayback Machine and and give you a little bit of a history and just kind of set the table here for what this show is going to be, what it has been, what it's going to be. Live the live from the Bunker started, we did an episode zero on our fifth anniversary, March 23rd, 2014. It was a live remote from The Green Room, which is a, 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 a burger place in uh, the Westport District here in Kansas City. Our first official episode was March 31st, 2014, and... It was our first foray into talk radio, I guess would be the best way to describe it. We set up on blog talk radio. And the original idea was that at night, at about, I think about 10 or 10.30 when this thing went on the air, I would opine about various different things that were going on in the genre community. And we had a call-in component for that show, people could call in and share their their thoughts and ask questions and 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 whatnot. And the idea was very much that we would make the attempt to do a genre call-in show, uh, very much like what you would find on AM radio. In the entire time that we ran that show, we had one person call in, so it didn't it didn't quite work the way. We had wanted it to work, I guess you could say. Uh, But it did evolve, and as we continued through that version of the show, uh, what eventually ended up happening, since I was not too thrilled with the idea of being the only one talking for an hour, I mean, I can do it, I've done it, but the idea for the show was to have a conversation. Initially, it was to have a conversation with people out there in the audience. You guys could share your thoughts, and we could have a dialogue back and forth. Well, it ended up being an interview program, and we talked to various different people. We talked to Brian, uh, uh, Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert about the Dune books. We talked to Dayton Ward and Kevin Dilmore and David Mack about the the Star Trek books that they were writing. Talked to Greg Cox. We talked to Ellen Datlow. Um, we talked to various different people, Tom Kane uh, among them. And it became an interview show. And the last, the last episode of that version was uh, an interview with uh, Lois McMaster Bujold, who uh, gave us her time at a convention. Um, Dave Margosian did that interview up in Milwaukee. So, fast forward, and 2018, we took a break. We came back in January 2019, uh, coming out of the gate, uh, running on all fours and all four cylinders, and, and really chugging along. And I have to say that one of the points of pride that I have. Uh, in the revival of this site is the fact that we've managed to stick with uh, Good Morning Multiverse for as long as we have, and we've only missed a handful of weekends for various different reasons, but we're a- we've been able to consistently provide that programming, uh, whereas in earlier versions, uh, when it was called Weekend Review, it would only last maybe four to six months. And uh, this particular time, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe the fact that I'm actually uh, getting up and 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 putting myself at the desk every week. I don't know if I I don't know what the difference is. But this time, Good Morning Multiverse has taken hold, and it's actually something that we're able to deliver every week, and I'm very proud of that work. But it's not the interview show. It's not the discussion conversation show. Uh, although we do include interviews, one of the things that I've wanted to do with this uh, channel is include a program where we have more in-depth conversations with people. And the best way to describe it probably would be sort of a combination between Larry King Live and Inside the Actor Studio uh, is, is the idea behind... This program, as as it currently now lives, so for the most part, what we're going to do with this program is we're going to do a little more gain on the mic. Critical blast says, "All right, I will turn that up." How is that? Let's try that for. I'm I'm looking at various LEDs here, and I'm trying to make sure that we don't blast through on there. Uh, but thank you for that feedback. Uh, But what I'm trying to do here with this particular uh, iteration of the show is more interview conversation. We're going to take an hour and talk to various people about various things. It's not going to be just film and TV. We're going to talk books. We're going to talk podcasts. We're going to talk comics. We're going to talk maybe gaming technology gadgets, inventions, history of genre, the various different things with different people. And the, the plan at this point, depending on how things go, uh, the idea is that for Monday through Thursday, noon to one central, we would do these programs. And in those cases where we don't have somebody scheduled as a guest, then i can do my rants and and talk about the news of the day and the various different things like i was doing on channel with pineapple only now it's daylight and i'm awake so i'm sorry excuse, excuse me, what student and mrs Bo- yes and mrs boss mrs boss can make her comments when the microphone's not on and uh i don't know we'll have to make an adjustment there so we'll throw that maybe throw that microphone on so, when you have your occasional comment, people can actually hear it, so um, so I'll turn that on over here.
1: I'm just saying that with you having it during the daylight hours, that I may actually be awake in the world i I think that could be and see, and this gives us a chance
0: to do uh Mr. boss and Mindy as a segment maybe within within this. See, there's all sorts of convergences. It's a convergence of a lot of different ideas. Yes. Like a perfect storm, almost, of brilliance and genius. and Well, and if
1: we are apathy. able to have those little segments of Mr. Boss and Mindy, it won't be at the early, early hours of the morning where it's dark <laughs> and you're not awake.
0: That's true, yes. Because at one point we did talk about Mr. Boss and Mindy being a show that would be the, the like the morning show that you'd hear on the radio and uh, I'd have my my bit that I would do and you'd have your bit that you'd come in on basically and, and uh, every now and again throw your two cents in but yes that early in the morning uh, it's would completely not be. normal it's normal for you
1: and that late at night, is normal for you. Uh,
0: uh well, I think probably at this point I may I what I may have to do. Now we're still setting up all of this technology for this one. We're still setting up the studio. I have not added your camera into this particular setup, so I probably should do that, but I will I will make a note. Um, but yeah, it it was originally a radio show. So now that we're pretty much essentially Fully invested in this YouTube channel uh, because our Indiegogo project did not uh, come to fruition like we had hoped. <clears throat> uh, so we're going to we're going to be making a, a an effort, a concerted effort here on the YouTube channel. The Twitch channel is gone for now, uh, so we're concentrating right here on this one channel, and we're going to try to build this one up. We're currently sitting. On fourteen hundred and see fourteen hundred and fourteen subscribers. So uh, if you if you are so inclined, uh, you can subscribe uh, to the channel if uh, if you haven't already. Make sure your notifications are turned on, and there is all of our uh, social media the the icons for all the social media and all of the different. Places where you can find us. Uh, like I said, Twitch is gone, but we are on YouTube, Instagram, BitChute, Facebook, Twitch, uh, not Twitch, uh, Twitter, Pinterest, Minds, and Gap. So, uh, and we're also on MeWe, but I don't have the I don't have the logo there. So there is the the collection of all of the different ways that you can find us, and we want to make sure that you hit that bell because. YouTube is still actively shenaniganing, I guess you could say um, it is one of those things where i'm I'm still convinced uh, that in some way shape or form, we are not getting in front of all of our subscribers all of our all of our twitter followers all of our facebook followers and whether that's because we're not big enough and we don't make youtube enough money or if it's because we aren't drinking a particular political Kool-Aid one way or the other I don't it doesn't matter uh, we're we're doing our best to stay straight down the middle neutral, especially with our news coverage. but we do have a mix of ideologies a mix of of perspectives here on the on the channel so it is it is in our best interests to not take positions on certain things. We don't advocate now sometimes we may present. Somebody's position. We may present somebody's opinion and use that as a launching point for a a broader discussion. We've done that before. But we're not going to sit there and say, you know, we're not going to we're not going to put up a particular political anything on behalf of this channel. Because there are too many, uh, there's too many of us that don't agree on everything for that to be a workable solution. So we're we're staying. I don't want to say above the fray. We're staying on the periphery of the fray. We're we're watching what's going on, and we certainly have conversations about certain things internally. But as as a, a media entity, it behooves us to take a a somewhat neutral position in order to cover genre with a degree of objectivity that I expect this site to have. Uh, It is is very important for me to not be right-leaning or left-leaning all the time, every time, with every show. Now, there are certainly times when Mr. and Harvey and I get on H2O Podcast, and you you can definitely tell which way each of us leans. But that's an opinion show, and we're allowed to do that. If you look at Good Morning Multiverse, we are, here's the news, as best we can. And this show is not going to particularly take a position, advocate one way or the other either. I mean, I may have some opinions that I share every now and again, but the primary purpose of this show is going to be to have conversations with people in within genre, within science fiction, fantasy, horror. We're going to talk to authors. We're going to talk to artists, composers. We'll talk to musicians. We'll talk to people uh, who are in... The business of creating genre content. And that's going to also include people on YouTube, people on the web, people on social media who are carving out a niche for themselves. We'll talk to, you know, well, I don't want to say anybody that wants to talk to us. We'll be somewhat selective in uh, who we invite to the show. But the idea is going to be to talk to people in a free-form conversation style that is not just, okay, I have my list of questions, I'm gonna check off the question, you answered that question, move on to the next question, check off that question, move on to the next question. People that come on this show, some of them are going to have something they wanna promote, I get that. But other people that come on this, uh, this, this show may not necessarily have a particular thing they want to want to promote, but we want, ha- we want to have the conversation about certain things that they are involved in or they were involved in. So it's going to be a mix of various different things. And I would say it's coming up on Wednesday is going to be our first official-ish, uh, assuming everything uh, works pretty well uh, schedule-wise and everything else, We are going to be talking with uh, some of the people on the crew of the movie Volition, which is a a movie, a a sci-fi thriller, and it is uh, from Giant Pictures, and it's from uh, this will be released in theaters and Apple TV, Amazon Prime, and other other digital platforms on July tenth. So it's coming. Uh, for you to be able to to see, and we're going to be talking to uh, some of the people involved. Tony Dean Smith is the director and co-writer, along with his brother Ryan, and it stars Adrian Glenn McMorrin and Magna Epanovic. So, uh, so we're going to be talking to some people about that project on Wednesday. Uh, but I thought I'd I'd kind of prime the pump a little bit today with uh, with just a. A preview, if you will, just kind of a hint and a tease and a little, a little back and forth on what this thing's going to look like. So um, you'll notice uh, those of you who have been watching our our material, especially our our Comic Con updates, and uh, if you've happened to tune in to uh, Chilling with Pineapple, you've you may notice the new microphone arm here. We continue to upgrade and tweak our technology and and try to get things a little bit more, I don't want to say more professional, but a little bit more in the way of having having the equipment and having the gear that more easily facilitates our being able to do this in a professional manner. We want to look good, we want to sound good. Uh, and and of course, we want our presentation and our production value, to match just how smart we are. Because everybody that that contributes to this channel, everybody contributes to the .com and to our programming here, are very smart people. And I look at some of the different YouTube channels that are out there, and some of them look better than others, and that's all fine and good looks are not everything sometimes you can have a really good looking channel and not have very good content and conversely you can have really 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 good content but it's underproduced it doesn't look it doesn't look all that great you know like it is good to have microphones and Uh, decent cameras and lighting and as as I'm looking at the picture that I've got here I'm looking at things okay well what can I tweak what can I what can I adjust that will make us look better for example I could probably pop this little light in here it doesn't do very much in the way of filling in so we'll not even use that so but um I've got a few items here. We'll just go over. Look at that. I've already gone 20 minutes. Who says you can't do an hour just on nothing? Officially, we are on 43 days without an incident. There is a story behind that. So... Do I... Do... do, do I tell them? Do you tell them? That should still be on, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, I just had to turn mine on because okay. I had shut it off just in case I was making noise over here.
0: You're always making noise. If well, it's not you making noise, it's one of the office dogs making noise.
1: Well, at least I'm not jingling
0: yet. No, they're not. No. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, you are I every anybody who has anybody who's been watching or paying attention to us for the last several years knows that I have a slight issue with not having incidents. <laughs> and if anybody fondly remembers our comeback promos, you did find me in the hospital room. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's become kind of that running joke in general about having some type of incident happening with me but the fact that we're at 43 days would be more that you can explain that since we haven't really done much well, with it yet
0: yeah the the idea here is that we've we've done um, a lot I guess you could say with uh the The running gag of mindy's um, ability to injure herself uh over the last few years there have been some different incidents about which we've we've talked and joked and made light of but um, <sighs> We've done a few trips to the emergency room for various different uh, reasons, and so the the joke has been, and you can go back and see on these on these videos, they're still on our on our channel here. Uh, the joke has been that every time we turn around, we've got some sort of an accident we're having to deal with. That has not been the case of late. We've we've been very fortunate. Uh, in that, uh, we haven't had any spills or accidents or, or injuries or trips to the ER or anything like that, which is great. I'm all for keeping that record going. Uh, but we did a, th- uh, a thing a, a few weeks ago. I guess now seven weeks.
1: Yes. Because
0: the day. Yeah. No, six weeks. Six, six because 42 divided by seven is six. Not not. Not seven, that would have been seven, but seven times seven is 49. See, I can do math. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, six weeks ago, uh, we started shooting material for uh, a set of of promotional videos, and we went out to the park, and it was a very simple shot. The plan was uh, Mindy comes around a bush and sits on a park bench. Very, very easy, not not complicated something that pretty much anybody would be able to do I would I would think and and for the most part, you th- you would think that this would be an easy thing. And uh, so Mindy comes around the bush, hits a dip in the, gr- the the ground because we're on grass, we're in the park. So hits a divot in the in the ground. And slips and almost falls, but manages to catch herself. So not really an accident, a potential maybe avoided accident, but we're going to count that as our starting point because uh, we we had to have some some point zero by which we could start our, our count. So, And what
1: Mr. Boss fails to say is that while he's watching this and Mr. Harvey at the same time he continues to roll the camera well, so that it's all on camera as they're both laughing and are you okay?
0: There is, uh, there is an episode of Chips those of you who are familiar with the show, if you're not familiar you can look this up uh, uh, um, Eric Estrada as Officer Frank Puncharello They were shooting a chase scene, a chase sequence, and as uh, Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox both had learned to ride these uh, Harley Davidson motorcycles that they were using for the California Highway Patrol, and uh, hence the word, hence the title, Chips, uh, CHP. So uh, Estrada is on his motorcycle, and they're they're filming this chase sequence, and he comes around the corner at speed, and not sure exactly what happened, but lost control of the motorcycle, and they kept rolling cameras on the accident. Um, and it actually turned into a story point for Paunch uh, to be injured and, and in the hospital for a while. And they actually, they actually built the rest of the season around it. Uh, but that accident was real. It was really Estrada real. losing control of the bike. And it flips end over end over end. And he rolls on the ground. Fortunately, he was not injured too terribly. But... Uh, they kept rolling on on that another example of of, of that is the opening for the six million dollar man uh, the accident that is in the the title sequence there is an actual real accident uh, and and uh, the the test pilot who was injured in that says that he he was so traumatized he can't watch he couldn't watch the title sequence for the six million dollar man because seeing. His accident, where he almost died, uh brought back too many memories so that those kind of things that you start to wonder do i do I keep going with this do i do we keep rolling? do we keep rolling but you always keep rolling, and sometimes that's what you've got either it's something that you use for the story or it's something that you use for historical purposes or you use it for uh for training. You use it as a cautionary tale. There are various different reasons why you continue to roll cameras on things. And this gets into a deeper discussion of uh, rolling cameras on things that are happening that are terrible things. And, you know, the, the the one most recent example that I can think of is the... Uh, the incident, was it Seattle? Where Where is it that they, that uh, he came around and he hit those two protesters? That was in Seattle, wasn't Seattle. it? Yeah, so you, it's, there are two ways of looking at it. One is, you know, it's the, The morbid curiosity that you have when you slow down to look at a train wreck, you slow down to look at an auto accident. But there's also value from a journalistic and a historical standpoint where five years from now, ten years from now, we're going to go back and we're going to look at X incident, X set of circumstances, and there will be more context because there will be a number of things that that inform the history of this time. And so it's going to be interesting to see just how all of that plays out. But without all of this uh, video, without all of these stories to document what's happening... It's very easy for the narrative to get skewed. And and I, without getting in too much into, into politics, the narrative is already getting skewed. I mean, we know that for a fact because...
1: Well, I was going to say, not so much the one that just happened in Seattle with the uh, driver and stuff, but you have the one with the officer who pulled a weapon out on people in the street, the protesters, and what doesn't get shown is the fact that one of his, um, one of the other officers on his team had had a brick thrown at its head, mm-hmm. their head, which knocked him out. And luckily, that officer is okay, could have caused a bigger issue, obviously. Well, it's like that, but that, uh, is because like that group the crowd of cops had done that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a reaction. But see, the thing about it is, it's like, it's you like selective, edit. it's selective editing. You know, you t- the story you, you tell the story you want to tell by the pieces that you use, and maybe one of the things that comes out of all of this is the general public's understanding that the media, and I and I'm speaking very broadly here, but as a member of the media, I can speak to this: the media manipulates information. Having said that. There are some things that are online. I, I am going to recommend uh, at least one. Uh, Just Some Guy uh, is a YouTuber out of Chicago, south side of Chicago. He's, he's usually concentrating on uh, reviews and commentary on comic books and, and pop culture. But he did a video over the weekend on the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's a very insightful analysis and overview and commentary on what that is and of course as as he is critical of uh, that movement uh, his his video has been age restricted and blocked by YouTube I mean you can still see it but uh, you have to you have to click a couple of more buttons and of course it doesn't show up anywhere on sharing uh, It doesn't show up on search. It doesn't show up in recommended uh, Materials recommended videos or anything like that. So I'm I'm recommending it. It's a very good informative analysis looking at the dynamics of a movement of, of uh, how these movements grow and coalesce I'm also going to going to recommend comics by Perch. Uh this is a uh, uh, Channel Perch is up in Seattle uh and he has also uh focused primarily on comic books. So uh he's got some very interesting uh insights because he's he's been a retailer. He's uh he's also I think working on a book, but he's he's done a lot of analysis of the coverage of the industry as well as the industry itself. So he's got some very good insights. Um
1: I do have one question before you jump off ship for another subject, possibly. Uh-huh. When we talk about how we can, you know, make the edit for videos to describe whatever narrative we're looking for, is there anything I should be worried about with my footage of that you filmed of me falling that you may make it look worse than it is? Or, you know, well, maybe there was a a mini dragon that tripped me I
0: you know I haven't I hadn't thought about doing that until you suggested it but now I might consider it so Well I know I'm
1: still waiting for the imagery from my injury back in 2017 with me pretending to be a tauntaun with Luke Skywalker.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, that's just one of those things where you just kind of eventually get around to it. So, um, I mentioned our Indiegogo plans earlier. Uh, our Indiegogo campaign did not go well. Uh, two weeks into it, we were trending only for twelve percent of our goal, which is only nine hundred eighty dollars. And so we decided to suspend the campaign for now. Uh, We may circle back around to do something with it. But that does give me the opportunity to pitch something. We had looked over the weekend uh, at the original opening title sequence and and the first bits from MTV. And I don't know how we found it. I don't know how we came around to it. Um, but one thing that they had mentioned, uh, because, you know, this is back in the days, you know, this is the early days of cable. And one of the things that they had offered back then was a little MTV sticker that you could put on your TV to say, here's where the channel is for your MTV. And I thought, well, what, that's kind of a fun little bit. So we have these Sci-Fi For Me stickers. So here's what we're going to do, and and we'll we'll mention this in a few a few different times, and we're going to do this the old fashioned way. So if you would like one of these stickers for free, we'll we'll just we'll just send you one. Here's what we're going to do, and and th- this is audience participation time here. Send us a self addressed stamped envelope. For those of you of an age, you'll know what I'm talking about. For those of you younger, turn to the older person next to you and ask, what is a self-addressed stamped envelope? Send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Sci-Fi for Me, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030, and we will send you absolutely free a Sci-Fi for Me sticker so you can show your support.
1: Did you just say Missouri?
0: That is how it's pronounced, yes. Okay. I had a professor, I had a history professor in college at North Texas, University of North Texas. She was from Missouri. And she said, people will say it's Missouri. It's not. It's Missouri. The people who pronounce it as Missouri are generally in the more populous urban areas like St. Louis or Kansas City. And a lot of times they're not from here is I believe how it was explained to me. But this was 30 years ago, so I could be remembering it wrong. But yes, I was told from a native that it's Missouri. It's like Colorado is not Colorado. Native citizens of Colorado say Colorado. I don't know why, but that's what they say.
1: Uh, it's like Louisville. Yeah. That's another one that I've had to learn,
0: or Nashidish. which is not spelled any way close to w- how it's pronounced. Uh, but yeah, there's a, there's the sticker. It is a vinyl sticker. It's a very nice, uh, th- solid. Doesn't it? It doesn't feel like it's going to rip easily. Uh, it peels off. It's got a nice, uh, nice tacky adhesive on it. Uh, but there you go. Sci-fi for me sticker. Uh, you can send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. I'll put the address up there one more time. Sci-Fi for me, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. All right. Also on YouTube, and we talk about channels on YouTube, this is one that I don't know that I'm going to recommend, but it is notable. Brie Larson. Has landed on YouTube uh, last week, and okay, Brie Larson's on YouTube, yay, hey, big deal. Except here's here's what I'm going to say on this: a lot of people are making a big deal about Brie Larson's on YouTube. That's that okay, fine, but it is indicative of. Something that we have been talking about with regards to YouTube uh, just in the broad general sense. I don't want to get into that part. I don't want to get into Brie Larson on YouTube. Uh, except for, I will say this. Brie Larson sitting there saying, I don't know what I'm doing. This is all brand new to me. And then she puts out a 20-minute produced video that's clearly done by a crew to me is – more than somewhat disingenuous uh, if you have if you have multiple camera angles you have fancy edits and transitions and wipes and you've got all of this different all of these different things that you've got as part of your video you're not amateur hour let's say um, it is not just you on your cell phone in the sunroom like, Gail Simone was doing it, it. it is clearly produced and it speaks to the general theory from some corners that weren't uh, uh, that Marvel or Disney or somebody is desperate to rehabilitate Brie Larson's image in the public and I think that if we had not gone into lockdown, I think we would have seen more of the Brie Larson with her boobs hanging out, like we saw Jimmy Kimmel. We'd be getting more of that Brie Larson. But since we've gotten, you know, house arrest, lockdown, quarantine, however you want to characterize it, <coughs> excuse me, now they have to figure out okay, well, how do we humanize Brie Larson? How do we make her one of us? How do we make her uh, accessible and approachable and more likable, for, for a lack of a better word? Well, YouTube is the place for a lot of people to be. And, and where a big bulk of criticism of Brie Larson or Star Wars or Marvel or Doctor Who or wherever comes from, uh, a number of YouTube channels that have proliferated and have grown very very quickly uh, and they've gotten very popular now this is this is something that I've addressed when we've talked about the outrage media we talked about various different youtubes who make their bones complaining about things or they're angry about something they want to hate on Disney they want to hate on Star Wars that only goes so far and we have not uh, we have not dived into that <coughs> excuse me I need to do a little. We have not dived into that because, again, we want to stay relatively above the fray as much as we can. But you look at what's going on with the Brie Larson channel on YouTube and the fact that she immediately got certified, the fact that she's gotten so many subscriptions all at the beginning and a number of other YouTubers singing her praises, oh, this is so great, this is so great, it points to the broader... Scope of the notion, the broader notion that YouTube is no longer for smaller creators like us. It is no longer the place where people like just some guy, as an example, or um, uh, you know, Perch or Thinking Critical or or any 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 of the smaller channels that are getting bigger. They're getting bigger, but they're not necessarily getting bigger as quickly as they otherwise could have because we're not we're in a day now. I think, and this is just this is just my perception and my my thinking on how things are going now. But this is a, a indicator to me that YouTube is still continuing to move toward uh, the celebrities the networks, the studios, and what can make them money faster. And it's not the smaller channels. It's not the lesser known channels. It's not the less popular channels. It's the channels that are either going to be driven by celebrity or controversy, mostly celebrity. ESPN, MSNBC, Brie Larson, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, whoever. I mean, Kimmel, maybe not anymore. Conan, um, James Corden, that group. That's where YouTube is going. YouTube wants to get into the space that Netflix owns. Wants to get into the space that Amazon Prime owns. They don't want to be YouTube anymore. That's the impression. It's a general impression that I've got. Again, I don't have anything really to back this up, other than just anecdotal uh, material. But it strikes me that even you know, especially in the wake of COPPA and and what happened there, when YouTube changed their terms of uh, their terms and conditions. And there was this little clause that basically said that YouTube reserves the right to shut down a channel if it looks like it's not going to be making money for them, essentially. I'm paraphrasing. That's that's a troubling position for YouTube to take. Not for them. I get it. They're a business. They are in business to make money. I understand that. I totally, I totally get it. But it does say... Uh, something about their changing perception, their changing opinion, and how they treat the smaller channels. We saw it re- most recently with uh, everything that was going on with the Last of Us Two, uh, with all of the copyright claims and all of the DMCA strikes and all of the all of the takedowns that YouTube allowed the abuse of the system that YouTube allowed uh, to take place says a lot about where YouTube is and where their headspace is. Um, and then, of course, if you if you believe the reports from Project Veritas, you know, systemically, internally at, at YouTube, there is an even bigger problem. Uh, not just... From the standpoint of uh, the studios and and the network channels getting preferential treatment over the smaller channels but also from an ideological standpoint some channels are going to get preferential treatment over others Uh, it's it's fairly clear Uh, so there is that so even though we're here we're here on YouTube and we're focused on building this channel it is essentially uh, by default, that we're doing so because our original plan to build our own channel kind of fizzled at this point uh, because the Indiegogo campaign did not uh, do what it what our goal was, and so we're ha- we're having to put that plan on hold. And it could very well be that at some point in the near future, this channel gets completely shut down because we don't make YouTube enough money. And then we're going to be left out in the cold, and then what do we do? Uh, So we're still looking at options. We're still kind of circling the wagons on what kind of a campaign we could do on Indiegogo. And we do have a plan to circle back to that. But right now, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of on hold. In the meantime, if there is any interest from anyone in supporting us in a fiduciary manner... We do have a Subscribe Star account set up, uh, sci sci-fi for me. There's two levels now: five dollars and ten dollars. I'm still, we still got to tweak uh, that over there and make sure that you get something for your uh, time and money, uh, something that's a little bit uh, of a perk. Uh, that you get that nobody else does. So we're working on that still. It's it's always going to be a work in progress because there's some of this stuff that the old dinosaur here, me, uh, I I still have to wrap my head around some of these things and make them work. And I have to wear a number of different hats here in terms of... You know, production and promotion and advertising and sales and marketing and and statistics and and making the coffee and cleaning the bathroom and all these different things. So, uh, and and maintaining the uh, the days without incident count board back there. So there are a lot of different things that that pull my attention various different ways. But the subscribe star account, I've got to get a little bit more focused on on making sure that that stays updated. And we also have if you go to sci-fi for me com. We also have a newsletter. You can sign up there, and uh, we're trying to be fairly regular in getting some material out that way to communicate with people. And of course, all of the different uh, uh, social media channels. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know why. I just kind of hesitated and paused there for a second. It just. It just stopped right there at my at my at my mouth. What I was trying to say. But we have all of these social media channels. You can find us everywhere: YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and uh, some of the other channels. Me, we, minds, gab. It, that there's not a lot of activity over there. Those are there mainly just in case. Those are those standby channels. Uh, Bitshoot and library uh, among them as well is one of those things where, if for some reason we dis- we get Persona Non Grata off of YouTube, we have options already set up. So that's the that's the majority of why those uh, why those channels exist. Um, <clears throat> so Indiegogo, we're looking at it again. Uh, we do know that there is a there is a way to succeed on Indiegogo. Um, Ethan Van Skyver just did it with Cyber Frog Two, crossing a million dollars. Mighty Mascot has has crossed fifty thousand. Battlebrick Road, I think, is uh, over seventy six thousand. There are a number of projects over on Indiegogo that are well past their funding goal, uh, and all of them are comic books, graphic novels, which we're not making. But <clears throat> we did have an idea. We did talk about it. And I can go over that in the last few minutes here. The idea of a zine, of a printed zine. What do I mean by that? I, you know, I, I, I didn't even think about this. I should have, I should have found the, the sample that I had done at one point. So, <clears throat> back in the day... And this goes all the way back to the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s we didn't have the internet some of you may find that astonishing uh, but we did live in a world at one point where we did not have the internet we did not have social media we didn't have cell phones we didn't have computers and fans of particular shows or fans of science fiction fantasy genre horror genres in the time between going to conventions they would put together fanzines these were magazines put together by fans hence the word fanzines and it basically involved writing up some essays or fan fiction or opinion pieces or maybe even the occasional interview, typing them up on a typewriter. Um, I, I, I should I should find a photograph of a typewriter so people will know what I'm talking about because this is ancient technology here, folks. And then they would take that, that zine, and it was only maybe four or five, eight pages at most, And they would photocopy it or they would mimeograph it, uh, run it through a mimeograph machine, and it would be the purple ink that smelled really distinctive. And they'd put this thing together and staple it and they'd fold it and they'd put it out to the mail to 16, 30 people, 50 people that subscribed, you know, for 25 cents or whatever. And I want to say, is it Iowa University? Where is it that they've got that collection... We had talked about going up and seeing, because there was that one guy that had that, that collection. They're scanning it into Iowa. digital now. It's Iowa, University of Iowa, right? Yeah. There's a collection now, uh, a, a, a fan, uh, I, I think he passed away, and his collection went to the University of Iowa. And it includes hundreds of zines, hundreds of fan zines. And they are... Uh, right now, in the process of scanning all of these, you know that would be a good a good topic for an interview. I should uh, I should make a note here. So let's uh, see, University of Iowa uh, Zine Collection. That way, I can get myself a hint so I can talk to these people. So, uh, but yeah, the zines were a thing, and we talked about it at one point doing a print version of Sci-Fi for Me magazine. And we've still considered it. We've still kicked it around here uh, as an idea. And that might be something that we uh, circle back to because for for a lot of people, uh, you, st- you know a lot of people still prefer to read something as opposed to watching it on on video. Uh, when we did our market research when we came back, uh, there were a number of people who said that they prefer to read articles rather than watch video about news news items, and of course, there was the big uh, Facebook push into video that changed the landscape of a lot of media coverage. And it turned out that Facebook was uh, manipulating a lot of data, and a lot of people lost their jobs in in the print realm in favor of video. And then, of course, people learned that video wasn't always the biggest thing to do. And so now you've got some course corrections to be made. And we're we're in the midst of all of that. So the discussion of a, of a printed zine is uh, very much still part of the conversation that we're having here internally at the office. And so... What we may do is put out uh, a, a, a poll or some sort of a survey or maybe maybe we do something with, uh, uh, with the newsletter and we'll put out the question of whether or not anybody would be interested in some sort of a printed zine that would be a companion piece to go with our channel because we're not able to get out to the events yet. Uh, we are talking about uh, the possibility... Uh, at this point, it's a remote possibility, but it is a possibility of going to the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. That has not been decided yet. We're still waiting for them to open up the applications for press passes. So that's a discussion still to be had. <coughs> but uh, it would be uh, one of those things where we'd really like to get out to the events. And maybe we could pass out a zine at the events. You get some idea of some of the different think pieces that we could write. It has to It has to be worthwhile. There has to be a a, a a value to it. So that's what we've got to determine. Yes? You're saying what?
1: Uh, keep talking for a moment.
0: I'm keep talking for a moment. That's what I've been doing for an hour almost. I can talk till I'm blue in the face. Yeah. And sometimes I actually have something interesting to say. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen every time that I say something. But uh, every now and again... I will say something pithy and brilliant and insightful, and sometimes I just talk in order to fill time. Well, I-
1: you can... If you would like, you can sit there. I've got some breaking news.
0: You have breaking news? I
1: have breaking news. What said? is your breaking news? Dragon Con is going virtual. It has been canceled. Oh.
0: Okay. There it is. Dragon Con canceled and going virtual see that's the beauty of doing live television because we can just be on it right there Uh, i wonder if anybody else has reported on that yet
1: i'm not sure i was sitting there thinking about what you were talking about doing something to do a show on and I know that last week they were stating that they were going to be making an announcement at the beginning of July, and so nothing happened over the weekend, obviously. However, now we are Monday morning. Let's just really throw a wrench in it. Oh,
0: no. Charlie Daniels died. Oh, I'm just seeing this on 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 our email feed. Charlie Daniels. Wow. Not, now, unrelated to genre, but it is something that uh, it should be noted. Uh, something, uh, something that Charlie Daniels said in an interview I heard one time. And it has, uh, it has spoken to me over the years. Mainly when I get frustrated at the, the low performance on some of our video on our channels his philosophy uh, especially when they were starting out with the Charlie Daniels band going into the dive bars and and the smaller venues there would be a lot of empty seats and his philosophy early on was you don't play to the empty seats you play to the you play to the seats that are full you play to the people that are there the people that show up uh, and it is, uh, it is something that has informed our approach here. Uh, and, I, and I try to remind myself a good number of times that even though we don't have thousands of people watching our videos, we do have important people watching our videos. And by that, I mean that all of you out there who watch our videos, who read our articles, read our reviews, those of you who participate in the live chat uh, or you leave comments on any of our content, all of you are important because you are, you are part of why we do this. We do this, one, because we enjoy talking about genre. We enjoy talking about uh, the various different things, Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, and that kind of thing. But we also enjoy sharing these insights with you and seeing what you have to say back to us and what feedback you give us. And a number of you have expressed appreciation for the fact that we are who we are and we do things the way we do it, uh, as opposed to, you know, taking a hard line in the sand and advocating for a particular political ideology. People appreciate the way we do it. And we're glad that you're here whether you're watching live or you're watching in replay, uh, or if you you know even if you're just you know sharing the link or 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 hitting the thumbs up or whatever,, uh, even if you don't give us that insight, if you don't give us that feedback or the comments, you're still here. and we appreciate that. And we want you to stay here. We want you to keep coming back. And so everything that we do, the goal is to provide value. The goal is to give you something that is worth your time and attention. And if we stop doing that, then it, you have to let us know so we can do better. So that's that's the goal. So that's where we're going to leave it today. We're gonna to, we're going to head out because we've gone an hour, uh, which is the goal of the show. And. Uh, mm, We might or may not come back tomorrow for this. I'm not sure. We've got some stuff going on in the morning. Uh, It may depend on the schedule. But uh, Wednesday at noon, right now, assuming that the schedule continues to work out, uh, we will be talking about the new sci-fi thriller Volition uh, with members of the crew. So that will be coming up Wednesday at noon central, right here on sci-fi for me tv in the meantime thanks very much for watching make sure you've got your notifications turned on feel free to uh, take a look around at some of the other videos that we've got this afternoon we will be posting a brand new update on the comic-con cancellations uh, which we've been doing since march 15th we've got well over 950 events that have changed their schedule We continue to monitor that. And then, of course, we've got the H2O podcast coming up tonight at 8. So that's it here uh, for this initial preview of Live from the Bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. Thanks very much for watching. And we will be back with more later. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. Delivering the multiverse since 2009. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.